Hi, my name's Andy Cope and welcome to the most uplifting podcast in the world. As a positive psychology researcher, I'm excited, delighted and honoured to be sitting in the podcast hot seat. The aim is to bring you guests who have something interesting or insightful or inspirational. They might have a story to tell, something clever, something simple, anything goes. We hope to inspire, educate, entertain and on a good day, maybe even make you chuckle. And why should you listen? Well, we figure life is relentless. It's full on. And most people are a million miles away from feeling as great as they could. So think of this podcast as a reminder or maybe a leg up to being a better version of you. Sometimes against the odds. So relax, open your ears, open your mind and allow me to bring you this week's amazing episode of the best podcast in the world. On with the show. So I'm very excited to have Kev House with me today. Uh, Kev's excellent in all respects, other than his uh, choice of football team. We'll try not men- not to mention that. Imagine supporting a team that wears yellow is not right. But any- everything else about Kev is fantastic. He's a trainer. He delivers a range of positive psychology courses globally. He delivers uh, in all sorts of businesses and in schools as well. And he's particularly a, a-, a change specialist. So Kev, welcome to the podcast Morning, 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 morning. And uh, I, I guess what intrigues me about you, mate, well, I've known you for quite a long time now, and I class you as a good mate of mine, but there's an old Kev and there's a new Kev, isn't there? Uh, oh, yeah, I suppose there is. Can we can we start with the old? Can we start with the old? Yeah, mate? let's start with the old. Um, and it sounds like I was some sort of bad uh, person. Not really. I think a lot of us just lose way when we have significant changes to... Uh, to have so I had, I had a great I grew up grew up in Norwich uh, went to university uh, both here and in America so really lucky with that um, and uh, at the last year of university unfortunately I became unwell and uh, I went to hospital and uh, they diagnosed me with um, type 1 diabetes which is uh, uh, no um, it, it is definitely a shock but uh, it, it's a condition and if you manage it well you can have a brilliant life but for um, around 13 years, I went into emotional meltdown and uh, sort of used denial quite a bit and uh, alcohol and food to just uh, forget it. And uh, at points, I thought I was going to um, defy medical science and um, get well using those things. So um, 13 years of abuse, uh, not so good until I found a doctor that was prepared to tell me how it was. So I'm, I'm really keen on people. Yeah, you can surround yourselves with people who tell you how good you are to a certain extent, but you've got to also um, have a few people that will tell you how it is. Okay, so I mean, I've seen pictures. I didn't know the old Kev, but I've seen pictures of the old Kev. So just describe old Kev. Uh, old Kev, what, in the, in the bad old days, in the, as it yeah, were? Yeah, the bad old days, yeah, yeah. What, oh, so old, the size old, old and the... Uh, t- primary school teacher, uh, very good primary school teacher with the kids, very um, in class, ama- amazing, I'd say. Uh, we had a great time, um, lots of learning, great results, but uh, out of class and with the day-to-day things, day-to-day running of the things that I had to do, whether it be paperwork or other stuff, I was not coping with that very well. And uh, in my own personal life, uh, pretty much out of control, very social, but... Um, Highly overweight, uh, diabetes all over the place, drinking heavily, uh, going to A&E regularly because I was uh, not well with my diabetes. Uh, yeah, just just not a good look, not a bad person. And I always, when I look back on it <laughs> yeah. in these um, times, there's a lovely quote by Maya Angelou 
who says, uh, I did then what I knew how to do. Now that I know better, I do better. Okay, that's interesting, mate, because it's it's almost like, I mean, not quite come back from the dead, but it's not a million miles away. Because if you'd, <laughs> well, if you'd have carried on doing what you were doing, I mean, uh, you were in serious trouble, basically. So, so the change then for you came from um, a doctor who told you the harsh realities. So, so what did you do about it? Tell me about New Kev. Uh, well, and I think people come to a certain point in their lives, don't they, when, when it happens. And I'd met, uh, I'd met my Marie, uh, my uh, future wife at the time, which was a, which was a good moment to think about change. But I think Doctor Dactaria, the consultant at the uh, Norfolk and Norwich he just he just hit on a few home truths and it and a bit like he was a bit like my my art of brilliance uh my art of brilliance trainer because he was saying there's a lot more to you there's a lot more to you what are you doing just playing really small and safe and and doing this you could go you could do something amazing if you sorted yourself out yeah so I took I took that away um and I went home this is no word of a lie and uh, at uh, four stone overweight and out of control diabetic, I clicked on the New York City Marathon and entered it. So I had 11 <laughs> months, 11 months to train for that, uh, to run that marathon. That, and we always talk about hugs, don't we? Uh, setting massive goals. And that, that's a massive goal. But that really, that, and I think the, the bonus of setting big goals is to scare the living daylights out of you which you need to to a certain extent, but it definitely focuses the mind. Yeah. It focuses the mind. And if you've got, if you start to understand how the mind works, that is a real motivator. Okay, mate. I love that. So it's almost like a, an instant decision that has changed your life for the better. Uh, and, you you know, life has moved forward in leaps and bounds. But the thing that interests me as a, as a researcher who's been, I've been studying the science of positive psychology for about a dozen years, you know, culminating in this horrific PhD thesis. <laughs> but I've been looking, I've been looking at the theory of positive psychology as a science, personal responsibility, self-efficacy, the locus of control, resilience, mindfulness, post-traumatic growth, mindset, all this positive stuff that I've been looking at theoretically. And what I have with you is somebody who actually... From the outside looking in, it looks like what interests me about you, Kev, is that you applied all of this knowledge before you actually knew the knowledge. You know what I mean? Because you've subsequently gone on to study positive psychology and the mind, but you didn't know that at the time. So you acted without without the theory. Does that make sense? Yeah, and luckily I had a, and I tried to change so many times. It wasn't that I wasn't trying to change, but I was being sabotaged by the voice in my head a lot. Uh, and I was lucky enough, and I and, and I've got a psychology degree, but they never they never taught me how to manage my own self. It was all about stuff that really wasn't relevant to me, uh, uh, schizophrenia, various other these these, these uh, medical conditions that I um, other people's uh, problems, was, mate, isn't it? It's other people, yeah, not yeah. relevant to me, but really uh, the big thing. And he, my mate Richard, came to me. I went to school with Rich, and he said, uh, "I've just read this brilliant positive psychology book. I think you should read it." And I and I basically laughed at him. I said, "Look, I've got I've got a degree in psychology. It's not going to work for me because I because I know psychology and this <laughs> doesn't work. It's got to be harder than it's got to be harder than this this self help book." Um, but also, I started reading it. Which I remember it was Jack Canfield's Success Principles. Yeah, yeah, I know uh, it well. I know it well. Yeah, yeah. And I read that, and uh, drip by drip, I started to think I can, uh, I can do this. I can wow. do this, and it all started to fit slowly. So I read that one, and then I went on to others. And um, 
It was more, yeah, and I think you're right. The stuff that I do now, I was I was basically just testing it out, and then you'd read it and you go, oh yeah, that's what I've, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you put the you put the practice before the theory, didn't you? You that is essentially what I'm trying to say is, uh, and now you not only have you learned all about it and. And not just studied psychology as a degree, but you've, you, positive psychology is your is your baby now, and it's you teach other people, which is a, a remarkable turnaround. So let's you've, you mentioned the inner voice, and that's the other thing that I think differentiates you from some of the other trainers that I know is that your specialism really is this personal change, starting with yourself in this inner voice. Tell me about tell me about the the chimp because it's Steve Peters' chimp paradox. Uh, so should we go there? What what do you know about yeah, that? Yeah, th- yeah, d- yeah, definitely. And I think I came to Steve Peters' chimp paradox so that, uh, after I just started to think about um, slowing down and listening to how I was talking to myself and, get, and giving myself a bit more self-compassion <laughs> and thinking about... Well, we all really give ourselves a bit to... of a mental kicking, don't we? That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, if, if, yeah if... I think so. And I was definitely guilty of that. So, And I was on the sort of... Uh, uh, I, so, I, for example, I'd, I'd put on weight and then and people will uh, hopefully listening to this will understand this. That basically I put on loads of weight and then I'd look in the mirror and I would berate myself for it. And I'd be really harsh with myself. And then I say, right, you're, gonna, you're going on a diet and you're going to exercise. So I'd exercise seven days a week and I'd be shattered and I'd be eating dust seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. And then then the then the then the voice in the head would go, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Or you'd reach your target weight. And then the voice in the head would say, nice one, you made it. And they say, I want cake, 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 <laughs> alcohol, alcohol, oh. alcohol. And then it would just go and do the same. And that's where you get your never-ending cycle of dieting and then... Uh, so, so is that the chimp, then? Is that the chimp we're talking about? Tell me about that's the chimp. That, yeah, basically it. Well, Steve, Steve Peters comes at... Comes at it's a, to me, it's a game changer. It's a very simple model to something that at university I found quite hard to get my head around, this idea of the... Um, of the brain and, and how it works. But ultimately, three parts of the brain, the most recent one to come on board is the uh, what he calls the human brain, uh, which is in the prefrontal cortex in your forehead, which is, is, which is about rational thinking, which is what your rational thinking, and that's the one where you get your, uh, you, you get the, um, you make rational decisions. But also you've got your chimp in there, really important part of the part of you, because that's the thing that keeps you safe. Its main main thing is to keep you safe and well. Uh, and so everything that comes into your experience, it has to go through chimp because that's the one that decides whether it's good or not good. And the chimp's instant, it, isn't it? The chimp will tell you yeah. you're an idiot straight away most yes, of the time. Yeah. yeah, or it will say there's danger or whatever it may be. And and as Peter says, it, the chimp's neither good nor bad because it's, it's it's got some really it's got some really positive things uh, with, with drivers, but also it's got some pretty. It focuses on fear and uh, yeah, it focuses on the, the um, territory, and doesn't it? And it's it's almost a pr- the primitive part of your brain that is uh, like yes. you say. It's its sole purpose is to keep you safe, isn't it? Yeah. And it can it can hijack you in lots of different ways to getting the results that you want if you don't realize that you have a choice. So so ultimately, I think the big thing for me is to understand and Steve Peters helped me with this is to understand that if you listen to the chimp and you work with the chimp and you manage the chimp, you can either go with it or you can let it go and make a different decision. <laughs> yeah, and but, I think, it, but it, it, yeah. I think a crucial learning, because I also, I've read The Chimp Paradox and I've been on The Chimp course, mate, and it's a very good course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you can never, ever lose The Chimp. And I think that's a no. really important point. It's always going to be there. Everybody has The Chimp, this inner voice, 
Uh, and if you're not careful, it gets in bad habits and it gnaws away at you. For, for years as well, I had the negative voice. I've had to work to with the chimp to to tame it really and to befriend it. So because I used to think, you know, if if I spoke to other people how I speak to myself in my head, I'd have no mates because yes. I'd be abusive yeah. all the time. So I, I'm with you on this. Is is this inner voice is such a crucial thing? Is and it won't ever go away. That you you you've got to feed it or you've got to you've got to befriend it. So and it sounds like your your sort of uh, inner chimp has has become more friendly. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, to me, it's a daily practice. So when I'm speaking, I talk about this because this is the thing about art of brill. We'll we'll go in and we can we can plant seeds of what needs to maybe be thought of differently, but it's an ongoing daily practice. And I think that's the thing. If I look back to where I was those 13 years and where I am now, to wake up and feel great is the most precious thing uh, I could ever want. But you yeah. do, if you let that go and you take that for granted, there's a good chance it could come and bite you on the backside. Oh, dude, you, you know, this is why I love you, Kev, because it is a daily practice. People people often in my training, they ought to be brilliant and I'll, you know, uh, pontificate on the science of positive psychology and and um, we talk about mood hoovers, these negative people, and basically negative people, it's easy to do what's easy. So basically everybody defaults to bog standard unless you choose otherwise. Um, and there's effort. There is significant effort, I think, involved in retraining yourself to be the better version of you. And I think this inner voice is such a crucial part of that. Yeah, and I, and I think I think I'm really fascinated at the moment when you talk to because uh, at school you, you're taught everything about biology, aren't you? And you go through your exams, but nothing about the human brain. Mm. So on a, on an on an individual level, you, you don't really know how you work which is imagine imagine the world or imagine your families or you or your your workplaces if we if each of us knew how to do that a little bit better be amazing but then this idea of peak performance i think we're still at this stage where people think they're just naturally talented people yeah. who can who can do this no they've just learned how to do it yeah peak performance is a learning is a learning uh of uh managing the mind for peak performance and that's where obviously steve peters did great work with uh British Cycling and various other various other organisations and continues to do great work. But mm-hmm. I think we've got lots of organisations and maybe schools, etc. talk about peak performance, but really we have they've no real idea of what that is or what it looks like. Yeah. Okay. Great stuff. So peak performance starts in your head as much as in your in your body and in your habits, isn't it? But it's instilling yeah. that it's, it it is a daily basis and it is a little bit of an effort involved in being your best self. So. So that that's great. That's a, a, a really useful talk around the the sort of inner chimp, that that voice that can be nagging away at you, or it can be your own best friend. It's up to you, really. Um, so in terms of delivering your training, then I know you deliver all sorts of stuff, and you often you you put the chimp sort of in there. What what really works for you? You know, when you've got an audience there, whether it, what, what what makes them sit up and take notice? How do you know when you've you've got them? I think uh, you have to, and when I first started doing it, it was a little unnerving. So I think for the first 20 minutes, maybe half an hour, you, you just talk to them about where we are now and what could be. Do you know, so uh, we're in this, um, for example, we're the, I think we're the sixth richest country in the world, but we're outside the top 20 for happiness, um, <laughs> yes. which is a little bit, and thinking, and, 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 and in the past, I'd have gone, well, so what? So what does that matter? Because successful people are happy. But now all the research coming out suggests that happy, happy people are successful. 
So what would it be like if we could change that round and start focusing on happiness? Hang on, start, start saying that again. So happy people are successful, not the other so way around. No, so this idea of people who are are their best selves and people who love themselves, not to say, not in the way, uh, but people are content with themselves, um, I seem to be happier because they're, 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 they're flourishing within themselves and they're doing what they want to do. Does that make sense? And so therefore they become more productive and achieve more. So it, yeah. the happiness comes first, essentially, is, yes. is where we go. So if we yeah. could change that, but we really need to. I think that's one of the things, because we we, we're institutionalized in the West of the way it should be. But if we're really going to create a revolution, we need to change the way we, we need to change that equation. Oh, I love it, mate. Okay. I love that. So the revolution start, has to start in your head. If, if you can learn to be happy first, you'll be more successful rather than waiting to, for success and then happiness comes. So put well, I think it's, uh, way. Do you know, I think with anything like this, it's a bit like a good movie where you've got something to it. We are here, but we want to be here. How are we going to get there? So the first half an hour, it is about people starting to work out because they, they, this, isn't, this isn't taught in schools, is it? No. So, um, well, well we are, we're trying to address that, well, but yeah. I take your point, yeah. Of course. But it's not a national curriculum, so, so they're coming to it new. And then the, I think the penny drops... Obviously, the, the 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 definite winners are really because everyone recognises a a, a two percenter. Tell me, well, we'll yeah, we'll best. come back to that if we've got time. Two percenters, yeah. really happy, positive people that uh, feature in yeah. the research. Yeah, and a mood hoover, somebody who's really miserable and just looks at the negative. So people recognise that, but I think the key, the key thing for me is this idea around choice, and around and around the 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 power of choice. Choice when of you, choice of what? Choice, well, choice of anything. We all have it. We all have choices. We all have choices. Yes, we have consequences to our choices, but everybody has choices. So people will say, "Well, I can't. It's just how it is. This, it's, I have no choice. I have to do this." So it's so it's basically a choice a, cho- a choice to be positive, isn't it? It's a choice. To, it's a choice to make the decisions that you want. Yes, there are uh, consequences to all choices. However. I think the big thing for me, because when I when I with the diabetes, is that I got to the stage where I thought I had no choice. This is how my life is going to be, and uh, it's how it is. Rubbish. It's just rubbish, and that's that's how it is. Diabetes is rubbish. But I still have the same issues every single day. Some days I wake up really ill or in the middle of the night, etc. The thing, the th- the game changer is I just choose to see it differently. Yeah, I choose to see it differently, and that that's that's a big thing for me. Because uh, I used to get so angry and aggressive and miserable and depressed about it, but nothing's changed within the diabetes <laughs> apart from my perception of how, what wow. the diabetes is. Wow. Okay. So the only thing that's changed, mate, is your thinking. It's that chimp again, isn't it? Yes. The chimp has allowed you yeah. to make a more positive choice, and that enables you to feel a bit better and therefore get better results. Make right, not cho- to, make not right choices sound, uh... about your diet and exercise, which I know you're making good choices on that as well. Yeah, of course, and not to sound. Uh, I think it is about that. Uh, that is what peak performance is, because we all we all uh, go through problems in our daily lives, whether it be work or at home, or you see the guys who play football or whatever sport it may be. It's about how they overcome those challenges, yeah. isn't it? So when I'm having a hypo at three in the morning, I used to go a bit, get really angry and do some very ridiculous things or or irrational things but now i'm just more in the moment and i can make the right choices wowzer okay well i mean that's incredibly powerful um because once again it's not a th- this isn't we're not talking the theory of positive psychology we're talking about somebody who's living it on a daily basis and and you know diabetes is not certainly not a perfect situation but you are 
you know, going with it and making the best of it. Um, but I don't so, think that, and, and we want to try and avoid because it, it is, yeah, that is diabetes. But if you think about it in the workplace, you might get a customer who comes in and just isn't very happy. That is about how you deal, how you deal with that customer, or, or if you're a teacher or wherever it may be, you'll have issues within your day. And it's about how, if you are, if you are in that two percent of mindset, how do you uh, overcome that with the best possible outcomes for you and others around you? Yeah. Okay. And I would dare to say, mate, that the the this this kind of I asked you the the, the original question was, well, you know, what make, wakes people up to what you're talking about? And the choice to be positive stands out as the biggest point in the uh, in my research. And I know it's, it always sounds really obvious. And I think maybe what works with the training is is it kind of hits you between the eyes of why am I not making the choice? Why am I not getting out of bed in the morning? Just really positive about being able to get out of bed in the morning because one one day I won't be able to. I'll be too ill or I'll be too old. So really, we're celebrating uh, on a, on a wider scale the fact that we're all alive and we're, and we're so it's trying to make a dent in the universe. You may as well get out yeah. of bed with a positive attitude. Okay, so yeah, we, no, we, I... we, we just need to move it on just a little bit, mate. To because um, yeah. we talk about happiness and positive psychology. Positive psychology is basically the study of well-being and the study of people who are feeling fantastic. So, what makes you happy? What, uh, what, yeah, what, what puts a smile on your face, mate? Um, well, the, the uh, yellow and green, the world's greatest team, then oh, winning now. And I again. said we weren't going to go uh... there, mate. Yeah, it's not putting a smile on your face <laughs> at the moment, is it? <laughs> the football, um, yeah. What makes me happy uh, is it's definitely not to sound too cliched. It's the small things. Um, I think my uh, the, the most prized possession as somebody who's come from depression and panic and various other things is my mental health. That's my most wow. prized possession in Your the prized world. Prized possession. Most people n- never even consider their mental health or their mental wealth, as I call it. And you're considering no, I... it as a prized possession. That is beautiful. Yeah, and, and just to get into it, so that if I wake up uh, feeling good, and uh, I had to make some hard choices uh, to get to that point, so uh, I gave up the booze, which is uh, I miss it, but every day I feel good, which is which is good. Um, and then uh, other things are just the small things. It's about it's about people and places. It's about experiences. Well, and, uh, I, I, I I I follow you on Twitter. But... I follow you on Twitter, mate. And I occasionally, well, quite often actually, your Twitter feed consists of your bike leaning up against a tree, <laughs> <laughs> just just gone for a walk, a bike ride, and a walk. And I think that yeah. probably that probably is what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm not, um, there is a, I think you've got to think about it. For me, the bike is just about being, and it's more of a, it's a mindfulness practice for me. I, and when, because uh, I, uh, hopefully good presentations are creative. That's where I get my best ideas from when I'm exercising. So I tend to go out and, and treat myself to something like that, a walk, a bike ride, a run, whatever it may be. Uh, That's interesting. So you're, treating things- yourself, you're treating yourself to something that sounds like a chore. Like a like a bike ride is uh, is hard work, but you t- well, your language, mate, your 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 external verbal chimp is uh, is remarkable. Yeah, and I think at the start when I first started in two thousand and seven, when we were training for the marathon, uh, yeah, I would have said it was a chore because it's hard work. But once you have once you have good chimp management and you start to look at gratitude while you are outside and you're looking at all the good stuff that you can get instead of all the bad stuff, 
then it becomes a no-brainer. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. I'm feeling... Well, I'm feeling like I'm feeling like I need to go for a bike ride or a walk. That is just, <laughs> just genius. Okay, so, so I mean, that, I'm feeling very, very enlightened. I knew, I knew that I would be. Can, I, can we just maybe finish off with... Because I know that you're always pushing, pushing the subject further, pushing, pushing, pushing hard. You've always got your head in a book or you keep sending me, uh, you know, YouTube videos and interesting uh, 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 tweets and stuff. So, so what should I be reading or what should uh, the podcast listeners be reading? What's, what's good what that's out there at the reading? moment? Um, uh, I, um, obviously, the ch- to me, the chimp paradox is up there in, um, yeah, in psychological books. If I think about the, the books that I read at university, etc., that, that is a game changer. Yeah. So it I makes hold it accessible, that. doesn't it? It, may, it, it, it yes. you can understand it. Yeah. Yeah, you need to read it a couple of times, I think. And there's certain things I don't use in that, like any book. But the big one is on a daily basis. I understand when Chimp is taking me over, and do I do I want do I want to be listening to this or do I not? So that's yeah. a good, that's a brilliant one. And um, we've discussed about this before, but I think the key to all of this coming back to it is something that they were doing thousands and thousands of years ago: is this idea of mindfulness. <laughs> Uh, the the so, oldest happiness book in the trick, as I call it, yes. Yes. Um, so um, I think uh, there's a book called Search Inside Yourself by Chade Meng Tan I'm reading at the moment, which is the Google, is the creator of the incredible oh, Google yes, yes, program, yes. which is a, uh, it's a very hands-on, very good, uh, good book. Okay, uh, to, to get you to think about slowing down this is the key we all talk about busyness in our workshops but you're not going to have good chip management if you are addicted to busyness oh. we just need to slow down and start thinking about because I, I met a friend of mine's um i met a friend of mine for lunch the other day and she said to me uh when you slow when when you slow down the things that the things that you need to think about come up to the surface Okay, Kev, what I really like about that is the way that you know in your head how it all hangs together. So whether it's positive psychology, whether it's mindfulness, whether it's the inner voice, um, it's all the same thing, really. And it all blends into the overarching theme that is positive psychology. So you've articulated it beautifully. um, And I'm hoping that all the listeners have gleaned as much from it as I have. I'm feeling totally inspired. So Kev House, thanks for being such a fantastic guest. Yeah, nice one. And that, dear listener, is that. I hope you found it as interesting and as useful and as stimulating as I did. Congratulations, by the way, on making such a great choice of listening material. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I wish you well. You've been listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. Listen to and subscribe to all our podcasts at www.artofbrilliance.co.uk slash podcasts.